You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, let's get into a couple different things. I really like Michigan's confidence, but yet their focus on TCU. This does not seem to be a situation where Michigan is, like we've seen sometimes historically, where they're going into a game with this false bravado or overconfidence. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But there's been some talk kind of from both sides uh, from uh, from TCU as well as Michigan, um, I, I I'll have to try to recall the TCU ones. Uh, I we'll, we'll pull we'll pull up some of the quotes and, and look those up. But uh, and with Michigan, I have some of the quotes as well that inspire some confidence in me. And we discussed a few of them on uh, the the mailbag episode. But the first thing I want to get into is advanced metrics a little bit. Because uh, while not all the advanced metrics out there, uh, not all of them necessarily have uh, a full breakdown as far as where each team ranks, but some of them do, and and I want to give the overall rankings uh, for each of them, uh, for both and Michigan and TCU as it is concerned. So let's start off with the one that everyone knows the most about, or at least has heard the most about probably, is SP Plus by Bill Connolly over at ESPN. Uh, SP Plus has Michigan as the number two team in the country, obviously, uh, behind only Georgia. Uh, and remember, SP Plus is predictive and all of those types of things. Michigan was number three for most of the year until Ohio State happened. So it's not always, you know, it's you have to play a game for a reason, as I say often. Uh, but Michigan comes in at number two. TCU is number six. So they are relatively close. Um, Ohio State was number three, if memory serves here. I'm going off of my little spreadsheet that I made. Uh, But Michigan has the number 21 ranked offense, and TCU has the number sixth rated, uh, sorry, the number seventh rated offense. Keeping in mind, Ohio State is number four. So Michigan, uh, as far as its defense was concerned, did a great job with an offense that the advanced metrics say is better than TCU. Michigan has the fourth ranked defense, and TCU has the 31st ranked defense. Um, I do want to check one thing here, and this is going to take a second here since I don't already have it pulled up here. But uh, one of the things I want to see here is just kind of some of the teams that both have played because a lot of the talk out of the TCU circles is maybe Michigan hasn't really played anyone, right? So Penn State uh, is ranked eighth. They have the 11th ranked defense, and uh, obviously Michigan did a number on them offensively, and the 28th ranked offense. So there's that element, right? Um, as far as other teams that Michigan has played, uh, they, they played the third ranked defense from Illinois. Obviously, Michigan was also without a large majority of its offense playing in that game. Blake Corm getting injured, Donovan Edwards not even dressing for the game. Illinois 17th, according to that, uh, overall, 98th ranked offense, 
obviously they didn't really do a heck of a lot when the, that was concerned. Um, Iowa's 27th, second-ranked defense. They scored 27 on them, 117th-ranked offense, as kind of to be expected. Maryland has the 39th-ranked offense and the 45th-ranked defense. They're 32nd overall. Um, and then we're really going down the list. Purdue, 50th offense at 47 overall, 39. So, yeah, there there is a little concern, I think, obviously, about Michigan's defense and what it can do, but it's just seems when Michigan really wants to do something, when it really wants to play in a game or really feels like it really needs to clamp down, it does better than it does in some games where even the Purdue game, the Big Ten Championship, it didn't feel like Michigan was pulling out its bag of tricks. Really, there were only two games this season in which that was the case, and that is Ohio State and Penn State. Other than that, it just kind of felt like Michigan was going about its business. As far as teams that uh, TCU's played, the best defenses and and what have you, we've mentioned Iowa State uh, a few times. Uh, They have the seventh-ranked defense, and they put 62 on them. So you do have to give them credit for that, obviously. Michigan, number four defense uh, that's the that's the best defense that they'll see all year. And Michigan is up there offensively, 21st. Uh, just by uh, some comparison here, Kansas State is the 29th-ranked offense, so below Michigan. Uh, Oklahoma is the 13th-ranked offense above Michigan. Uh, just quick perusal here, see if I can see anyone else that's just right up there. Baylor, 23rd offense, below Michigan. Oklahoma State, 24th, below Michigan. Uh, so all of the teams that they mostly have played, even the Texas Tech is only three spots ahead of Michigan at 18th. So this is going to be one of the better offenses that Michigan's seen, according to the advanced analytics. But it's still, there. there isn't a giant gulf, right? Like this isn't necessarily just because it's more... Um, High flying doesn't mean it's that much better in a way. So that is what SP plus says. Uh, we got a couple other ones here that just did. I got three that, that just gave overall rankings. ESPN FPI, Michigan's fourth, TCU's 10th. Sagarin, Michigan's third, uh, TCU's ninth. Football Outsiders, Michigan's second, TCU's seventh. Now let's get into pro football focus. Uh, PFF has Michigan as the number two team in the country with the number eight offense and number two defense. TCU, it has as the 27th best team in the country uh, per overall grade with the 20th ranked offense. Ohio State, it has as number one. So Michigan held the best ranked offense in the country to uh, 23 points and the 54th best defense. But they do have a, something different, which is the power rankings, and they have Michigan second still there and TCU eighth. Um, and uh, a little bit different in their power rank offense and defense. They have Michigan as the 10th best offense in their power rankings, and TCU is the 24th. So that's like taking out the, the grade parts of like, all right, how did you just perform, and saying like, this is how it ranks. Um, they have Michigan as the ninth best defense against the 69th best defense. TCU. Uh, Strength of schedule wasn't that much different. TCU 39th, Michigan 47th. Um, So that's pretty much that. Um, Michigan is the second best run offense as well that uh, PFF uh, has seen. 
Uh, but Texas is number one. And TCU did limit Texas to 28 yards on 22 carries. So they have had that ability to do that. Now, the question is, is how, you know, what is Texas's offensive line versus Michigan's? And that certainly can be a lot different. That said, while the average spread for this game is at seven and a half, PFF set its own spread at 8.4. They, they favor Michigan by eight, eight, almost eight and a half points. And they're giving Michigan a 71.8 uh, win probability. So that all looks good for Michigan. Uh, so anyway, we, we will see, obviously, in the game in just over a week. Uh, they play games for a reason. TCU very well could execute amazing. Michigan could not. You know, it, it, it could be any, any litany of things could happen. But I still expect Michigan to win. I honestly think Michigan will win handily by two scores, maybe more. Um, that's just my personal gut feeling on the game. But like I said, they play games for a reason. But I think it's interesting to look at what the advanced analytics say. They're all kind of pretty much in lockstep, uh, kind of similar rankings uh, for, for the most part. Uh, so pick, pick which ones you like or which ones you don't like and go from there. But I do think it helps that Michigan's going to be healthier. Uh, Donovan Edwards had surgery after the, uh, the Purdue game. Sounds like he'll have at least a less intrusive type of apparatus on his hand that should help him to maybe potentially be a threat in the past game. I'm sure that they absolutely want that in this game and potentially the national championship game. Uh, Coaches seem very good on both sides, so it will be an interesting matchup. All right, we are going to move on, and next we're going to talk about some of these quotes that have kind of come out. We'll, we'll, We'll handle the TCU side, and then we'll handle the Michigan side next. Before we do that, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal, like Michigan. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Well, driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So let me see if I can find uh, these quotes real quick because I closed my windows like an idiot. So here's what here's one of the interesting quotes out there. Uh so Sonny Dykes uh, appeared on the herd with Colin Coward and he, he was talking about Michigan, talking about uh, facing Michigan's offense, which isn't 
the matchup that most people are talking about. Uh, but uh, what he said about it was, that's going to be a big challenge for us, talking about J.J. McCarthy, stopping the run and making the quarterback beat us. He's certainly capable of doing it, but we have got to stop the run because that stops their offense. Now, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> that, that to me is myopic because it's almost like they didn't watch the Ohio, you didn't watch the Ohio State game. It can stall the offense, certainly, and it does. That is, I mean, I think the way that you want to try to beat Michigan, right? Because if J.J. McCarthy is errant on his throws or you have good coverage and you stop the run, then, yeah, that, that's, that can pose some issues for the Michigan offense. But Ohio State would probably beg to differ, right? Because they loaded up to stop the run and got torched in the passing game. And then when they finally, after a while, backed off after the Colston Loveland touchdown, they got killed in the run game. So Michigan does have a pick your poison scenario. Now, the numbers would indicate that TCU also does. But I think that when you look at TCU, I think that you, you, your goal is to essentially stop the run as much as you can. Do kind of like you did against Ohio State. Stop the run as much as you can with the front, but stay good in coverage. Now, Michigan's been phenomenal at, uh, at doing exactly that. Um, keeping in mind, TCU is a very good running team, 25th in the country. Uh, I just want to see, like, they, they've, they've really not had a lot of bad games when it's con- concerned now. They might be held to a lower average on, in some games, but still get some decent numbers. Kansas State, the first time they played, 215 yards, but they ran 56 times. They averaged 3.84 yards a carry. Uh, against Texas, 3.61 yards a carry, but they ran 44 times for 159 yards. Against Baylor, they actually ran quite okay on a yards per clip, but had 27 carries for 115 yards. And uh, against Iowa State in the finale, in which they won 62-14, to 14, 38 carries, 131 yards, 3.45 yards a carry. They ran pretty good in the loss to Kansas State, 5.89 yards a carry, 218 yards. So they, they do run the ball generally very well, right? So it's not like they're any kind of slouch in that type of uh, metric. Now, Michigan, in comparison... Uh, they, they've had three, four, four games where they've rushed for under 200 yards against UConn. You can say whatever you will about that. 43, uh, carries 192 yards against Iowa, 42 carries for 172 yards, uh, four, four games actually, uh, against Indiana, 40 carries 165 yards. Indiana did a great job at stalling the run after the Blake Horham touchdown and against Illinois. The best run defense they've played, 40 carries, 168 yards. But other than that, I mean, 252 yards against Ohio State, 7.2 yards a carry. Uh, Penn State, obviously, 418 yards, 7.6 yards a carry. Again, the games in which they have seemed to have been, we are going to do it, they do it. Michigan State did a really good job of not allowing, I mean, Blake Corum only, he didn't get any runs longer than 12 yards. Michigan still put up 276 yards on them. A lot of these teams, the majority of these teams, have known that Michigan is going to run the football. 
And yet Michigan is still capable of running the football. That says something. So in a lot of ways, that's that's wishful thinking. Um, the other part on the TCU end, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to pull this up, but uh, their cornerback basically called them, said it was their Texas. Uh, that's all that they are. And obviously they beat Texas 17 to 10. Um, then you have, uh, you had someone out there calling JJ McCarthy, uh, just a, a slightly better version of Brock Purdy. I, I, I don't know. I, that just feels like they're setting themselves up for disappointment, to be honest. Again, it, it's probably not dissimilar from the way that we talked about Georgia last year, but at least I feel like we looked at Georgia and said, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I looked and said, what great offenses did they play and all of that and stuff, but I mean, they still did their job. And plus, lesson learned. They haven't learned that lesson yet. Uh, but I do think that they are short-selling with the idea. It, it's, I think it will be one of those things kind of like when Michigan did play Georgia for them. You know, they they sit there and say, well, the Big 12, the Big 12, the Big 12 is just they, they have this belief that it's better than Big 10. And it's probably more competitive than the Big 10. And they went undefeated in the regular season. And that is amazing. That said, the high end of the Big 10 is, in my opinion, higher than the higher end of the Big 12. Right. Ohio State, Penn State. Heck, I mean, even even Maryland, Purdue, some of those teams, I think would I mean, they, they do not play necessarily the same style. They, they, they play closer to the same style uh, as the Big 12, and I think that they would be successful in that conference. But, uh, again, the, the Big 10, I think, like I said something about this yesterday, it's something to be said, Big 10 being known as a run-first league, so defenses, for the most part, are built to stop the run, and they could not do it against Michigan. And then you take TCU, which is a 3-3-5 base defense, which is certainly not built to stop the run. And they, now, they, now they have to try to do that. Whereas, certainly, again, in, the, in the Big 12, their defense isn't necessarily set to stop the run, right? They're, they're more focused on stopping the pass. That's, we talked about that a lot when it came to Jim Knowles coming over from Oklahoma State, right? They're, you're facing a lot of pass-heavy defenses. Now, that cuts both ways, right? Michigan's defense, well, it, it does, but I think at the same time, Michigan obviously was also built defensively to stop the pass, but knowing what was going to happen with Ohio State. Now, shut it down? Uh-uh. That's not what they were trying to do. But limit big plays, keep them out of the end zone, especially TCU, not a great red zone team. That does not bode well for them unless they can basically – it's one of those things when you watch some games and you see a guy have a big play and then he gets tackled at the 10 and you're like, man, you went 50-something yards to get there. You needed to find a way to get home because you're probably not going to finish here. I mean, I felt that way about Michigan earlier in the year when they were struggling in the red zone. So that is certainly a component to it. All right, let's continue on. I do want to discuss – uh, some of the Michigan comments here momentarily. All right, so there's two things, two comments that I really took away from the Thursday afternoon press conference. And uh, one of it, one of them came from Braden McGregor, 
this is kind of a long comment here, but he was asked about uh, the, the business-like approach that Michigan seems to have, the fact that they aren't focused on fun. He reminded people that, hey, for many of us, a good majority of the team, last year was our first bowl game, period. So we were really happy to be there, right? This is that took some, that actually gives some emphasis and understanding to what that was for Michigan, because like you mentioned, no bowl game in 2020, and uh, so 2021. That's the first time for the, from the anyone who was 2020 forward. So we're talking, you know, second year players as well as freshmen. We're talking, you know, JJ Donovan, uh, you know, Junior Colson. As well as guys like Braden McGregor, Jalen Harrell, you know, that that was their first bowl game. Now, for some who were around in 2019, like Mike Morris, okay, they they've been to the uh the Citrus Bowl. But nonetheless, let, here's what he said. Let's just get to this. Uh let, let me let me make sure I, I've got the right quotes. I've got two quotes here. All right, I, I think I think it's in here somewhere. Uh, uh, last year, it was like people thought it was one and done, you know? And we got down there. That was my first bowl game. I didn't really know what to expect. A lot of kids in our class, the 2020 class. We didn't have a bowl game our freshman year. And then the freshmen coming in, uh, they didn't. Well, that was their first bowl game. So it was the majority of the team's first bowl game. All right, so that, that's uh, that's what I kind of meant to uh, to put in there. I'm looking for a different quote that's in here. And I have it pulled up. This is my own article that I can't find. The thing that I'm looking for. So that's fun. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. I think this year is definitely a more focused mindset. We know exactly what we've got to do. It's not about fun. Uh, we're going to have fun once we win the Natty or win this game. It'll be fun. So we're definitely locked in this year a lot more. And just the preparation and all that. You can really tell when you step in this building, you walk in the hall. So it, it's it's one of those things where he's saying... You know, the, they expected to have a lot of fun during the bowl game and all of that stuff. And certainly, I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember being down in Miami uh, in the orange for the Orange Bowl in 2016. And uh, the ESPN reporter, when uh, asking Har- Jim Harbaugh, uh, why haven't you taken these kids to see girls in bikinis? They want to see bikinis because they were business of the business mindset from the coaching staff. And I do think that and I mentioned this on the mailbag that this is a team right now that is it starts with the players the business mindset like they understand the opportunity ahead of them and i mean who knows if tcu if they are going to have i mean it's like i said before it's a really difficult thing to not have the distractions be a part of it georgia has been a part of it before now granted the 2021 team probably not a lot of holdovers from 2017 but as a program they certainly understood what was expected, and I think in part because they've been challenging and battling on a yearly basis. Um, and I think that, that that's important to have, and I think that this Michigan team certainly knows that it's important to have. So it, it will be interesting in that light. But the more illuminating one is the confidence for Mason Graham, freshman, uh, asked about... Uh, I, I I I asked. I think this was from my question. I'm not really sure, but uh, we asked him about uh, about the offense, TCU's offense in the run game. Now that was my question. So he said, and kind of you know said the same type of thing that I said earlier on here. 
The Big 12 is known as a passing type of league, but I feel like TCU really wants to try to run the ball. And I hope they try to test us with that so we can make a statement that they're not going to run the ball on us. That's some bravado from a freshman. He's going to his first bowl game, college football playoff, all that. And, hey, it's probably the same type of thing that in the previous segment, I'm like, ooh, maybe you don't want to say that. But uh, Michigan, at least, again, has got the bona fides to show that they are really, really good at stopping the run. Uh, Run defense here. Let me pull this up here. Um, So, run defense. Michigan has the number three run defense, according to PFF. 92.9. TCU. Not in the top 50, I, that, that much I know. Pass defense. Um, do this as coverage. Number four, Michigan, number four. TCU, survey says, 40th. Pass rush, Michigan's 14th. As far as teams that TCU has seen this year, that PFF says is of... Michigan's caliber or better than Michigan's caliber in the pass rush, zero, zero teams. The best they've seen is Texas, 24. Texas wrecked them when it came to that. Uh, TCU's pass rush, survey says, not in the top 50. So there's a lot of things that seem like they play well in Michigan's favor, according to the advanced analytics. Um. And I think that's something that should be noted here. Michigan's the number one tackling team. 91.5 grade, number one in the country. TCU is no slouch. They're 16th. But uh, Michigan just has pretty much all the advantages. I know there's a lot of people that are nervous about Max Duggan. Uh, and they, I think, are snake bit by um, the, the quarterbacks, Armonte, what's hat, what's his name? Armonte Edwards or whatever his name from App State or Dennis Dixon the following week or, you know, just a lot of these other guys. Yeah, sometimes they're going to get got every now and again. Sean Clifford did rumble for a super long run, which set up uh, Penn State's sole touchdown of the uh, of that game, right? Well, sole offensive touchdown, rather. But... Generally, Michigan is very good at defending running touch, uh, running quarterbacks these days. Now, you're going to get got sometimes. That's the nature of when you're essentially using an extra player. Uh, Max Duggan certainly is going to get some of his. But Michigan is in a good spot. And if Michigan loses, it's completely on them. They are more talented from top to bottom. They have several mismatches in this game. And if Michigan loses, it's their own fault. So, uh, we'll see. All I know is Zion planning on staying out west and not coming back until the 10th of January. Uh, and Michigan needs to uh, to make that uh, make that a reality. So, anyway. That's going to do it. Thank you for watching and or listening. We'll be back with a Saturday episode. I don't necessarily know what we're going to talk about i don't have that planned out but to make up for uh for monday and my 24-hour flu bug or whatever that was that had me with 
chills and sweats and all of that. Um, we're going to make up for that. Anyway, thank you for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you again on Saturday, Christmas Eve. Peace.